For a moment, I want to use the subject, ministers by the mercy of God. It is easy to get uh, what my mother used to call the big head. Whenever you begin to think that somehow you're in a place or a position because you've done so good or you deserve to be in that place. It's easy for us somehow to think that because we think we've dotted every I and crossed every T that we deserve to be ministers in God's church. Maybe it's because we went to seminary, we have an education, we speak Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, Spanish, and Ebonics. <laughs> we're well versed, but yet we're not ministers because we are smart. We're not ministers because we have degrees. We are ministers by God's mercy. Neither of us in here deserve to sit in this room. We don't even deserve to hear the gospel. I don't deserve to preach the gospel. It's not because my life has been so significant and I've done a lot of things right. If I were to be honest with you, if my past were to be read in this room, I would leave so the reader could read it. Because the reality is I don't deserve to stand in this place. Now we know about Paul and his um, escapades with the Corinthians. We know in 1 Corinthians, Paul took them to the woodshed. I mean, he comes out swinging because there's a problem in the church that somehow this talented Corinthian church has become so comfortable in their talents and who they think they are that sin is allowed to have free course and no one wants to speak up about it. Nobody wants to say anything about it. Maybe that's what's wrong with our churches today. We got a lot of people in some churches. Some churches have a lot of money. But the question is, how do we deal with those in the church who we know are corrupting the church? And yet we go home and talk about it on the phone and text it between our cell phones, but we won't speak the truth to them in love. Paul, now in 2 Corinthians, because whenever you have somebody who sets the record straight, the first thing that they will receive is a personal attack on their character. Because the enemy tries to discredit the gospel by first attacking the credibility of the one who is speaking it. But listen, if we would just be honest about it up front, that the reason why we're preaching the gospel is not because we deserve to, 
As a matter of fact, the enemy can, or the devil can bring up our past. Tell anybody about what we did. It's okay. It only makes God's grace seem more amazing. When God can take the filth, the dirty, the undeserving, and clean them up and use them for his glory. I oftentimes say at the Pleasant Grove Church that the church is full of exes. There are all kind of backgrounds and paths that assemble on Sunday morning in God's church. Aren't you glad that you're an ex? I mean, can you think about the stuff that you could still be involved in? Can you think about the things that you could still be doing? Could you think about the fact that as you pass a wino under a bridge, that could be you because you had a drinking problem that God delivered you from? Lest I hold you too long. Paul talks about in chapter 1 that God is the father of mercies. Mercy means that I did not get what I deserved. The truth is, all of us, if we'll just be honest about it, we are here today because of God's mercy. Paul, now in this fourth chapter, says, therefore, since Listen to the word he uses. We have this ministry. What ministry? Because nowadays there are a lot of doors that are opened up on Sunday morning that call themselves ministries. But Paul is not referring to the uh, do it how you feel it ministry not the if it feels good go with it ministry he's referring to the ministry that calls us out of darkness into this marvelous light we are ministers by God's mercy in other words um, Paul said this, he said, listen, we received it, we received mercy, and we don't lose heart. Now the truth is, for those of us that are not in the play ministry, but in God's ministry, ministry will jerk tears from your eyes. Ministry will have you go home and be depressed sometimes, stressed out sometimes, because you can't do ministry without encountering, encountering some miserable people. The truth is, on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, whatever night you have Bible study, our, our churches sometimes are filled with some folk who are in ministry but mis miserable. Sometimes preachers preach but are miserable. That's the reason why sometimes uh, uh, the preachers and pastors who take in their lives, maybe 
They are doing this because they forgot that the ministry that we're in is a ministry that is the offspring of God's mercy. It's not because your voice changes or you can stand on your toes while you preach and make it sound good. It's by God's mercy. We don't lose heart. We're not discouraged. We don't give up. We don't throw in the towel. We get, we get tired in the ministry but not of the ministry. Sometimes ministry can be heavy but I came to encourage you not to give up. Ministry is like taking one of Dr. Parsons classes. It's going to be hard. But don't give up. Don't give in. Keep going. Paul says, we renounce the things that are hidden because of change, shame, not walking in craftiness. Uh, we're not perverting the word of God. We're not changing what God said in order to make you feel good or tickle your fancy. We, 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 we are being true. But we've done this by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Listen, let me tell you, the greatest preacher in the church that stands on Sunday morning is the Holy Spirit. That as the man stands, the Holy Spirit takes those words and preaches it into the ears of the congregation. And the congregation leaves and this person says, I need to change this. And that person says, I need to change that. It's because the Holy Spirit convicts us and uses the same words, sometimes the same sermon to address several sins. He said, we want man to not be the object of our preaching. But we preach to an audience of one. And that one is God. Does not matter if the crowd claps or stands in ovation. If God doesn't say amen. If God is not pleased, if you made the people feel comfortable, but God is shame of you because you failed to share the truth. Listen, he says, now even if our gospel is veiled, it was veiled to those who are perishing. Listen, don't get caught up in folk who don't understand to the point that you get discouraged about preaching to those who will receive the word. You're preaching this word by God's mercy. And God is so merciful, Dr. Atterbury, that, that God chose us to preach knowing about us what those who we preach to know nothing of yet he uses us in spite of what he knows it is i mean who else is that cool i mean people can know the smallest thing about you 
and have nothing and want to have nothing to do with you and God knows all of your dysfunction and yet chooses to use you anyway man I'm humbled there are things about me that you know not of I'm not gonna tell you either <laughs> let, let, let me hurry he says um, the God of this world has blinded their minds that they might not see the light of the gospel listen there is I know uh, some uh, New Day theologians are saying that you know the devil's not real and 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 it's just your evil conscience and and stuff like that but I, I need to tell you that you have an adversary that, 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 that is why why do you think there's so much um, scrutiny of those who preach? Why do you think that, that, that it's seemingly that uh, every time you turn around, some preachers in the headlines messed up this, that, or the other. And all of us get the finger pointed at us because of what others have done. And sometimes, sadly, instead of restoring our brothers, we talk about them. We join teams with the adversary instead of praying for those who have fallen. Just by a show of hands, who will be honest that you've fallen before? I, I know some of y'all, you know, when I had surgery last, they told me to use T-Rex arms. And so that means I couldn't lift my hands like this. I had to, you know, kind of do this. I know everybody probably have T-Rex arms at that question. <laughs> but thank God for those who known we've fallen, but came to minister to us. I've been ministered to right in the office with Dr. Holmes before over things that I have not done well in. Paul says they will not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. That is the plan of the enemy that we not see Christ. But not only, I'll take it a step further, not only does he not want those who are unbelievers to not see him, but listen, he wants us who believe to live as if we don't see him. To live, to be without hope. He says, we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ, our Lord, and ourselves as his bond servants or his slaves. Now there's been much um, debate over this word slave, especially in our country. That if we are his doulos, his slave, I need to tell you that we are the best, the most blessed slaves who've ever walked the face of the earth. I mean, because when I cry, he wipes my tears. When I'm discouraged, he encourages my heart. When I'm hungry, he feeds me. When I need water, 
He gives me something to drink. When I need shelter, he's a shelter over my head. When my mother passed, he showed me he'll be a mother when mother's gone. When daddy passed, he showed me he'll be a father when father's gone. Yes, yes, sign me up for the slave list. Now let me get to, I'm finally get to where, getting to where I was trying to get to. He says this, verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. Listen, these clay, disposable, cheap pots. Now, when I have something that's valuable to me, I want to put it in a safe place. You know, I, 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 I want to put it in, in, in a place that, uh, you know, that nobody's going to break in on it. And, and I don't want uh, rodents and, and snakes and all that kind of stuff around it. I want to keep it in a safe place. But here it is. We have the treasure. What is the treasure, ladies and gentlemen? I know you dying to know what this treasure is treasure is not gold rings mansions on the hill bugatti cars it's not cash cars cribs credit the treasure is the very thing that you're looking down into right now god's word has been deposited into the ministers. Listen, we have heavenly power in earthly pots. These pots that are breakable, disposable, but God invests, he invests himself into us. Oh, what a privilege to have God's word in me. That's the reason why preachers ought to study and members ought to study. We ought to be in God's word because of the it's, it's a treasure. It's a privilege. It's an honor. Though we cry sometimes, it's an honor. Stress sometimes, it's an, it's an honor. He said, listen, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not us. Listen, we don't, ex God doesn't exist to make a big deal out of us. We exist to make a big deal out of him. He is the power source. Can I ask you a question? Who is the biggest personality in your church? Is it the pastor? Is it the deacon? It is, is it a family that has been there for a long time influential family or is it Jesus Christ can he change or sway the vote in a business meeting can Jesus do that at your church if he can't he's not the biggest personality he said the power can be of God and not of us don't think that you have some kind of magical power and I think that's the problem with this modern day prophecy and all this kind of stuff that people who have not had a conversation with God all of a sudden know what God wants to say to somebody else and we thinking that if 
we give an offering in 21 days, you're going to get a check in the mail. Power's not in man. If you don't believe me, every great preacher in our past has had a funeral. You know why? Because they don't have the power. One day, I'll have a funeral. I hope it's a long time from now. You'll have one. But the truth is, we'll have them because the power does not reside with us. God does not handcuff himself to one preacher. He says, and I'm going to hurry, he says, we are afflicted on every side, but not crushed. Problems all around us that it gets tight. Sometimes I question whether or not I'm going to make it, but somehow I do. I, um, when I was little, they, they used to have this thing, I know you know, people don't do them now anymore, but they, they do what, used to do what's called a bear hug. And the bear hug, somebody, and usually people that thought they were really strong, want to put you in the bear hug. And once somebody that was really strong got you in the bear hug, and uh, they got a good grip on you, Dr. Hellwig, uh, you, 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 you was probably uh, done for. And they just squeeze and squeeze and squeeze. And so, uh, my older brother used to get me in the bear hug. And he just squeezed and squeezed, and I thought I was done for. But somehow, I began to wiggle in his arms. That I couldn't loosen his grip, but seemingly, the more I wiggled, the looser his grip got. I need to tell you this morning, don't stop wiggling. Because we, as believers, have some wiggle room. And our wiggle room, his name is Jesus. That when you get in a tight spot, if you just call upon his name. Grandma used to say, it may not come when you want him. But he'll be right on time. He said, listen, we're afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. I've been pressed, but I'm not crushed. We're perplexed. I'm about to lose my mind. And something like, I'm standing at the crossroads a lot at my life, he said, but I'm not in despair. Somehow, God always gives me direction. He said, we are persecuted. If you don't like being talked about, uh, this Christian ministry is probably not the one for you. Because I need to tell you, you're going to be talked about. There are some people who are going to hate you simply because every time you get up, you talk about the one who was dead but yet lives forevermore. Persecuted. People will try to, to, to take you out, destroy your character, come after your family. He said, I am persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. That even after all everybody else has left me, God remains with me. There are some people who say that God has abandoned them. Well, if you are going to say he abandons you, then if he's on his way out, 
can you praise him for being there in the first place? Do you know how many people wouldn't even stand with you in the beginning? Who when they heard that you were going through, they walked off and deserted you. But God was right there with you. Cast down, but not destroyed. Sometimes you're going to feel at your lowest. But you won't be destroyed. Down in San Antonio, down by San Antonio, a while back there was a school shooting. And um, one of the little girls that survived shared her story as to how she made it while all of her friends were destroyed. She said that the shooter came in the room, shot up the teacher and some other students. She said, and he walked out. She said, because I was close to some people that got shot, blood was all over me. And she said, when the shooter came back in, I guess to check if everybody in there was dead, he didn't notice me because I was covered in blood. I need to tell you, there's a shooter that's been in our classrooms. The classroom of life. The classroom of this world. But there was someone who, who was beside us. Who took a bullet for us. And when he took a bullet for us, the blood got on us. And now, when the enemy is looking for us, he has trouble finding us. Because I'm covered. You're covered. In the blood. God bless you.